Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. The sun shone and we got a full summer weekend wrap. And it's this week, it's all smiles for our cricket clubs. But two stories dominate the sports news this weekend. Amy Hunt, 22.42 for 200 metres. The fastest ever under-18 British girl. The third fastest in the world ever under-18 girl. More about this one tomorrow night. More about this one on Wednesday night. More about this one on Thursday night. What a performance! The full story from Amy's mum, Claire, is on our social media pages. Have a read of it. It really does make fascinating reading. And a certain Becky Gallup packed up work on Friday, had a baby shower on... What's a baby shower? I never worked that one out. Had the baby shower on Saturday afternoon and gave birth to £5.6 baby bouncing gallop on Saturday evening. Knowing that lot, they'll be doing the park run this weekend. Congratulations to Becky. Congratulations to Sam. Don't know the name of the little boy yet, but he's bound to be a sports star, isn't he? What a day. What a 24 hours in the life of Rebecca Louise Gallup. <laughs> and the cricket, which is what I did all right about until those two stories took over. Bolton smashed Woolerton. On the hottest day of the year, Mohammed turned to, returned to form at Collingham with 162 not out. <laughs> Ian Robinson, it's 98, has Farndon had fun in the sun. And they won. So wins for Bolton, wins for Farndon, and a winning draw for Collingham in a fantastic, a fantastic weekend of sport. Let's start with Becky. Tony, I think you'll probably like to pass on your congratulations as well. Of course. Absolutely fantastic news. And uh, if, 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 if mother and baby are well, that is brilliant. But... Um, is it, is it so many weeks premature or something? Three. I mean, that, that's that's all right. That's she only ran the park run last Saturday. Yeah, and I, I just that, that, that is why, given her continuing athletics career, I, I just assumed it must be sort of... Yeah, everything's perfect. There's a wonderful picture on social media of Baby Gallop going home in his car seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tell you. <laughs> oh, dear. If yeah, a certain drinks company did babies, it'd be Becky's. <laughs> it really would. Um, fantastic. I think it? we can't mention Carlsberg at all. No, we can't. Okay. Not when, 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 when I get told off for that. Uh, it, it's just, I mean, it, it, she, yeah. she is just, um, she's wonderful. And so, so pleased for Becky and Sam. Mm. No, that, so, so pleased. That's absolutely wonderful news, but... Um... And so pleased for Amy, and we'll do more of the Amy story tomorrow night, but she's the fastest ever under 18 she's also 
smashed the, I think she's equal, or, or she's smashed the, the adult record for 200 metres as well in the UK. I mean, is there no limits? But Again, if you go <coughs> to Twitter, um, the race was actually videoed in um, Germany, where it was. It's a fast track in Germany, perfect conditions, brilliant, okay, that's what you have to have. She won it, and this is the elite under-20s in mm. Europe. She won it by over a second at 200 metres. But the third fastest in the world ever. That is that is a stat that, you know, I mean, is is, is uh, absolutely unbelievable. That, that is the one that takes your breath away, isn't it? Isn't it just? <coughs> Talking of taking um, breath away, Mr I, Smith. I, I, I don't mean to be rude to all those people in Britain who, you know, like sort of achieved very, very good things, but it's, it's no comparison to in the world, is it? You know no, what I mean? it's not, is it? Because we're just it's a tiny not. island, but when you put in, in the world into an equation... We have a time. world, a world yeah, exactly. star yeah. here now. Yeah, that, is, that is frightening. Um, I went to um, the youth development meeting at the Sports Village and sweltered. And I went and sat under a tree at Collingham for most of the afternoon because it was cool there. Um, I was at Austin. You was umpiring. There was no tree coverage. No! It was hot. It must have been <clears throat> nothing short of awful. Put it this way, I delved into my Wimbledon watching experience. Didn't feel like anything at tea, apart from gallons and gallons of water, which I I, I drew from the, the tap in Oxton's wonderful new facilities. And all I could eat was a banana. There was a banana on the side. I thought, right, that'll do. I've seen them all do it at Wimbledon because it's supposed to be instant energy. I've seen them eat a banana between sets and I thought, right, that'll do me. And it was, <clears throat> it was absolutely wonderful day. Oxton, the top of the league and, and we're not. We're a long way from the top of the league. But we got 116 on an absolute piece of plasticine. Absolute pudding. And they only got the winning runs with about an overall sell to go. Absolutely brilliant game of cricket. <laughs> the day you want it to be finished by, Keith. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the two captains shook hands and agreed on 45 overs each. I said, thank you very much. You were clearly thinking of the umpires when he made that decision. <laughs> uh, Talking of... Summer and you, you know, I, I, mm. I, I don't normally pass opinions. That's not my <laughs> no, no, not, not your style whatsoever. That's not my style. <laughs> oh, I tell you, one of the birthdays coming up on Wednesday night this week. Yeah, we are going to fall out about. Why? And we'll see. You wait. Oh, my eyes sparkled when that one came. <laughs> Wimbledon now. You can have strawberries <clears throat> and vegan cream. What the heck is vegan cream? I don't know. Is, is, it, is, it, is it made out of grass? Is it, but presumably it's cream that you can only get from Dr Spock. I, I don't know. How can you get cream from grass? Well, you know, it's just it's, it's modern world. It baffles me. Unbelievable. Re strawberries and vegan cream. Radio still amazes me. It's just incredible how you get so much fun from that little box. Dear, dear. Anyway, um, Clippo, Pipesy and Jaffa all to come to tell us about their rather warm Saturday afternoons. Um, but for the next few minutes, we're going to talk football. Have we got Harry Atkinson on? He can talk, to, uh, talk us through the stag do. 
Another one, yes. <laughs> and the England ladies take on favourites USA tomorrow in the Women's World mm. Cup semi-final. It's a tournament that's really grown on us as it's progressed. I really think when it started, most of us probably wasn't even aware there was a World Cup on, but we all seem to be now champions of the ladies' football. Um, and some of them are actually becoming household names. I, I, I think the way they've gone about it and the obvious fantastic character that they've shown in the programmes on television and who would have thought you would say and the way they've been led by the character that Phil Neville appears to be. And I only thought Tracy Neville was the one with any skill. Yeah, but he's actually come across as a, as a, as a decent bloke. So this leaves Gary Neville as the odd one out then. <laughs> yeah, if you support Liverpool, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> so I delved into one or two of these names which are <coughs> now getting familiar. Who's your favourite? I'll come to that in a minute. OK. Um, Lucy Bronze... Yes. who was a scorer of that goal yeah. against <clears throat> Norway, was born in Northumberland. She was born in Annick. Was she? Um, but very nearly played for Portugal. Her dad was born in Lisbon. Ah. Phil Neville describes her as the best player in the world, and she actually plays for the best <coughs> team in the world, which is Leon. Mm, um, she, she's actually playing these games on her home ground, isn't she? She certainly <coughs> played like the best player in the world against uh, the Norwegians. I... Um, no disrespect to the ladies, but to get that amount of power oh, behind that be. shot from the edge of the box, even though she wasn't closed down, I, I understand that. <coughs> and they said that the Norwegian goalkeeper should have saved it. Save it? She couldn't <laughs> even see it. <laughs> I don't think you can blame the keeper with that one. No, I don't think you can. I mean, that was just... I mean, if Harry Kane or somebody had hit that... <coughs> We've got goal of the season all over it. But tomorrow night, I'm not excited because it's a semi-final. I'm not excited because they're playing the USA ladies team that have been the best in the last 20 years. I'm excited because I feel as though I know the girls through the media of television and newspapers, and, and in my case, radio, because I don't tend to watch the TV much. I like to listen to my sport on the radio. But they're coming across as brilliant characters. And there was a delightful report in the Telegraph um, after the Norway game where it described Lucy Bronze and her partner in mischief on the wing. I just thought that's a terrific phrase. And it just <laughs> sums up the character and the little impishness about that team. You just, just absolutely full of admiration for them. In, in 2017, Tony Duggan became the first English player to. What? She was the first English yeah. player to sign for Barcelona since Gary Lineker did. <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> she plays their football at Barcelona. She's not doing too uh, bad, is she? And yet she was quite disappointing against Norway. She had uh, a five out of ten performance. Steph Houghton is the captain and she drew her inspiration from Bendit Like Beckham. Jeez. And when she was growing up, all around the bedroom wall was the aforementioned David Beckham. She is awesome. She is now captain of Manchester City and England. And if yeah. she made one goal-line clearance or last-ditch tackle <clears throat> against Norway, she must have made half a dozen. That goal-line clearance 
if you've got half a brain, you're in the right place for something like that. But... You have to have that half of a brain. Yeah, but the interception that she made in front of her own goal, on the edge of her own six-yard box, if not in it, to take it off the Norwegian player's foot and then clear it, that was the stuff of Bobby Moore. That, that, that wasn't just ladies' football being exceptional. That was... That's world football being at its best. That was Amy Hunt stuff, that was. Beth Mead survived a national car crash. The car turned over and hit a tree head-on. Two days later, she played for Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> and it explains a lot about Arsenal players, doesn't it? Oh, dear. <laughs> and Jill Scott is 5 foot 11, and her nickname is... Tiny. Crouchy. <laughs> The ball kid is called Crouchy. <laughs> well, <clears throat> it's, um, it, it, as I say, it's just, once you've got to know them, then you're really bothered about whether they win or not. And it's, as I say, it's, it goes beyond a semi-final. You just want them to win because you like them. I've known Dave, I've known Dave Hurstfield for an awful long time, and Dave Hurstfield has... Don't tell me he's in the squad. ...has been a massive supporter of Stockport County and Stockport football grassroots and going to watch Stockport County and I've argued for years that Stockport has never ever produced a footballer. Karen Bardsley grew up in California but she was born in Stockport. <laughs> so either way you can't understand the blooming word she says. Stockport Dave. <laughs> he ha there is now a world-class footballer <clears throat> that was born in Stockport and her name is Karen Bardsley. Mm. And finally, Georgia Stanway, which is the youngster of the whole group. She's only 20. She grew up idolising Alan Shearer. Hmm. But they're just a good... Seem to be just a, a good bunch. You'd, <coughs> you'd, you'd really enjoy a night out with them, wouldn't you? You know, you know when we went to the Spring House... And we were in the company of Newark hockey ladies. And I'm still in shock. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I still don't like the dark. But, you know, you could have a good night out with those girls, couldn't you? I, I hid with you <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> Had a lemonade yeah. and sneaked out. It was like Vikings on tour. Dear, oh dear, oh dear. They, they <laughs> wasn't and I think this one is probably not going to be so far different. No, just, you, you'd really, you know, sort of, if... If they lose, and there must be a good chance when you're playing against the best in the world, if they lose, then I'd feel really, really fed up for them. You know, because... Uh, and, and and Phil Neville, I never thought I'd say that in my life. But, you know, I mean, you, you really would feel for them because of the way they've come across and, and, and they've warmed the hearts of the nation. And they've got better as a tournament. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, because, long, because they're full of errors. They were, they were full of errors leading up to that quarter-final, but... And in the quarter-final, you know, Phil Neville said after the game, you know, there's, there's things we still have to iron out, but when they click, good God, it's, you know, it, it, it's as good, as, good, as good a football as you can watch at any level, men or women. Mm. All right, so. See, the Yanks had to send somebody round to the hotel to see if that's the one they wanted yeah. to use if they got to the <coughs> final. Yeah. Cheating American, <laughs> whatever you want to call them. Me, I wouldn't uh, <coughs> go but, too far down that line. But again, Phil Neville said, you know, he came out of it very well, like he did after the Cameroon game, in the way that he spoke about the opposition. He didn't sort of, you know, 
overreact. He just said what he had to say <coughs> without sort of, you know, getting himself into bother. In the same way that Michael Vaughan replied on the radio about Johnny Bairstow's outburst, saying that members of the press didn't want England to be successful. Michael Vaughan handled that superbly and, met Bairst- and made Bairstow look daft with his, with his response. We'll talk cricket on, on Wednesday night because we, we, we beat India and I still can't work out why India shut up shop. India's reply, they hit 1-6. Yeah, why? In the entire knock. What's the reasoning? They needed 14.5 and over and they were nerdling singles. It didn't matter if they lost by 200 runs or no. they're still not going to get any points. So what the heck was they playing at? And I heard something on the radio yesterday that I never thought I would hear, and that was an 80% percentage of the crowd who were Indian booing Indian cricketers. You know, I mean, I've heard them burn effigies of them when they lose, but not booing them at the same game. But, you know, I'm the key. You know, back to it. Bonkers. Why? It was what, a, what, what, was, what was the thinking behind it? Well, to I'd, bat it out, he wasn't a losing draw for God's sake. I don't know. I mean, you could take it a stage further and say, you know, did yeah. they have any money on it? Well, you know, it wouldn't be for us to say anything like that, would it? <laughs> okay, let's turn our attention to cricket and go to Bolton Plainfield, where Tim Clipsham's waiting with a a good, happy day for the lads. Um, they, Tim's told us on the previous Monday nights that they're almost targeting games. And Wollerton would have been one of the games that he, tra- he targeted for maximum points. Not only did Bolton get maximum points, it was all in the bar by five o'clock, which is the way to do it on a red-hot afternoon. <laughs> Kim, welcome welcome back to Radio Newark, and I assume that smile is as wide as it can be. Ah, f- hang on, Tim, I forgot to put you... <laughs> you have to put this little green button up, yeah. and then I can hear you speak. Shall we do that one again? We'll rewind. Good evening, Tim. How are you? All right, Richard. Switch yeah. you off. I can hear him now. Yeah, we can, we're getting caught up now. Um, <laughs> turn, turn this off. <laughs> yeah, well, I can soon turn him off. Right, he's turned we'll off. That's that, sort, that's that sorted. Um, it was one of those games where you'd targeted for maximum points, and maximum points is what you get. Um, and the overseas star ripped the heart out of Wollerton right at the beginning. Now, it befalls to you, Tim Clipshin, to tell the whole of Newark who your overseas star is. <laughs> we just call him Bumpley. That's even over. Kim, just, uh, just find somewhere we keep talking, but you're not coming over very well, mate. That, that, we call him Bubbly, that's his Bubbly. Uh, nickname. So, right, uh, but it's yeah, still, I'm still putting you on the spot. I think it's Changdara Kumar Amorous Singer, is it, or something? I think that's his Now you see now why I didn't attempt it. Yeah, so we'll stick no. with Bubbly, shall we? Yeah, yeah, that's the easiest way how we get over it, mate, yeah. And what's his English like, then? Is he... Is he... Yeah, no, he speaks it fairly well. He come over here on a um, scholarship thing from Sri Lanka when he was under nineteen, I think, and he went and played somewhere in London. Um, so yeah, it's not too bad to be fair. He's a lot better than some with that, anyway. So that's uh, yeah. No, he, he gets by, so makes it easier. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm right in saying that he ripped Wollaston apart at the top order. 
Yeah, bowled very well. Um, just bowled. We just we had a mug with him before the game, and he needs to get you know trying to get used to bowling in our conditions. Like it's obviously he's bowling against professionals over there, and I said to him, "You're going to get more people in trouble bowling, you know, off stump and just outside off stump than you are, are bowling at them." Because, you know, if they just swing the bat, <laughs> it can fire off to all positions. It's easier, you know, when somebody's bowling at you, it's quite easy, rather than making you play outside the off stump as such. Um, and we just set the field to it and got a couple snicked off. And, yeah, it just, it just went well from the start, really, mate. Him and Tom bowled very well. Um, good areas and, um, yeah, just everything we did went right. It, it actually was quite noticeable that on the day the sun actually made an appearance and it was a trifle warm your man and Collingham's man both made hay I do hope it sunshine's in a fortnight's time yeah yeah it should be a good game we're looking forward to it <laughs> we've, got, we've got a big game Saturday though you know to go before that we've got to got to perform Saturday it's another big game for us on Saturday so um, hopefully you know try and get another 20 points if we can we've talked about young Tom Shepherd in the past few weeks but again he's chipped in with a couple of wickets yeah bowled very well very good areas um just you know he can only bowl seven overs at the top so we've got to make use of him while we can um early doors with a new ball and he'd been working hard in the nets and it paid off you know it, it, it really just put the effort in so i'm glad it's come right for him is that that seven overs is an age thing then is it yeah he can only bowl because of and it's like the ECB rules or whatever. Right. Is um, is um, it, 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 it's like the ECB rules or? Um, well, you, you've got to make the best. You know, you have to make the best use of him, don't you? And and bring him along, and it can only it can only improve. Looking at what's happening at the other end with Bubbly. Yeah, yeah, it raised everybody's game. You know, that's what I said before. He got it and to you, mate. You know, it raised everybody's. Um, spirits in the team and everybody pulls the weight out a bit more they've got to because obviously we're playing for places he, he's taking somebody else's place and um, you know got to got to pull his weight and he did on Saturday so no um, no silly batting collapse and you knocked him off quite comfortably yeah knocked him off it was to be honest with you Mick it, although it had been dry and it was it was hot it it was seeming about on the um on the pitch a bit, it was doing a bit, which it doesn't normally do at Bolton. And I went in at four, and uh, me and Ryan Charles must had a bit of a partnership, and just said to Ryan, "Let's just graft." You know, we've got all day because we get their overs as well. Because we bowled them out, I think we got twenty or twenty-five of their overs, um, and we just put on maybe fifteen, twenty, and yeah, it was still seeming about them. They, had, they did have a couple of decent lads at the the, the top end of their bowling. Um, it wasn't as easy as it looked on paper, you know. It looked as though it w- we did bowl them out of the game. You know, once you get a team out for a hundred, you, you, you're not going to be losing it, are you? But you um, want your no, smacking backside us, smacking if you do, don't you? Yeah, yeah. They made us work for it, but you know, but uh, bubbly went out and he hit a quick fire twenty, smashed a window on the pavilion, and hmm. <laughs> that was it. Was more it? expense. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who's paying for that. I think Graham will have the policy out tonight checking. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the smile ever so slightly taken off your face, though, with the news that Casuals beat Clifton. 
yeah, I don't know how that happened, but you're always going to get that. You know, you're always going to get that in our league, aren't you? With amateur cricket, everybody's going to slip up. If we wasn't, we'd be playing professional, wouldn't we? And yes. I think that's you know, it's, you are going to get that the other day. Say what I said to you, they've got a lot of good players, the casuals, and if they do come off, they can, you know, one of the lads got eighty or ninety against us, and he smacked it all over the park. Um, it, it didn't surprise me, but it, you know, it did in another way. And finally, well, not not quite finally, but finally for cricket, um, Brett McNamara's goals and twos, top of the table. Yeah, yeah, they're flying, doing really well. Um, Brett's doing a good job with them. Sam Ross scored a hundred um, for the second. I think that was his first hundred for the second team in that league. Um, so it was brilliant for him. Left him in the cricket club at about ten o'clock. He was on the lago and uh, <laughs> with the other lads. Martin went out. <laughs> I don't know what time they were in there till. So they, they, they enjoyed themselves as well. But you know, it's like what we're saying. You know, people playing for places in the first team it obviously strengthens the second team. You see and We've got a lot of good young lads coming through, and and it's Im- it's keep- imperative, though, isn't it, Tim, that the the second team start to climb these leagues a little bit because you know hopefully you can consolidate in in Division A. Division H is an awful long way away in standard of cricket. Yeah, yeah, you know the last few years we have been climbing, Mick, and you know we've got a few like probably ranging from thirteen to sixteen year olds now. There's Connor Ross, there's my nephew, there's uh, John Anderson's lad, there's, you know, there's Ben Hall. There's a lot of good young lads there that are coming through. And obviously in another year or so, they're obviously playing for places, um, you know, to try and get into the first team. What's what what we want, really, isn't yes, it? You know, it is. We've just got to keep climbing and get, like you say, get the gap closer rather than bigger. It's, um, it's keep climbing up and the club will hopefully keep going from strength to strength. Keep doing. And finally, Tim, what we like to call Dad Watch. Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's on good form. He come down on Saturday for a bit. Um, he was, um, <laughs> it got him out of the car and he sat under the tree. It was a bit hot for him, but yeah, I just went to see him before. We're just down at the park now, put the nets up, and I just nipped in to see him before I come down. And yeah, he's on good form, thanks, mate. Yeah. He's in fine form. Well, we're also pleased. People do keep mentioning it, and uh, you know, we're just like trying to keep everybody. Yeah, no, loads U- of updated. contacted us and, yeah, no, really appreciate it, Nick, yeah. So, that's wonderful news. Tim, well done, mate. Excellent, excellent Saturday for Bolton Cricket Club. Try and get down in time this week, mate. I know, you... <laughs> shocking, <laughs> shocking. <laughs> Cheers, mate, bye. Bye, bye, bye. bye. <laughs> The story of that one, Tony, is that, as, as I say, I went to the um, <laughs> athletics in the morning, then it was going to be Collingham in the afternoon, home for tea with here indoors, and then spend an hour and a half at Bolton with the lads. Mm. Um, and I just happened to look at the old mobile at South Knotts just to get the sort of tea time scores and saw that Bolton had won. Did you tell her? No, yeah, I told her. Then went back out to Collingham. <laughs> I mean, it's worse places to be on a Saturday, Saturday evening than Collingham, you know. <laughs> There's a lovely breeze. But hey ho, I do like to go around the cricket teams because you're always made so welcome mm, you know the four i go around fond and newark bolton and, and collingham it's they're just pleased to see you yeah it's because you are not an umpire 
Well, <laughs> I, I appreciate that, but I, I just, it's, I don't know, it's probably some sort of cricket mentality, but they just genuinely seem pleased to see, and I'm so pleased that both Bolton fit ones and twos got a victory, because I think that club is is building, but they've just got to keep getting them victories, because they're still in the bottom two, and they can't really afford to get relegated again this season. No, but it's, um, it's, it's always good when a second eleven betters their league standing because it, it brings the gap closer between the two and their Well, how many times have we talked about this in football? Exactly. You know, a case in point. It's, it's always important. Sometimes, you know, it's, 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 it's how strong your twos are or your reserves that determines how the first team are going to succeed as well. It is, it is. Right, next up on our um, list is, is David Pipes. Okay. Tony is going <clears> to <throat> go and ring David while I tell you all about Kids for Kids Day, which is on Friday the 12th of July. And have you got what it takes to get involved in our Kids for Kids Day? Um, schools, businesses and even individuals can get involved as we plan to raise money for the Children's Bereavement Centre here in Newark. It's really simple. Take part in a non-uniform or fancy dress day at school or work. Polish off your baking schools and have a bake-off, or just do a raffle, or whatever, or simply bring a pot and everybody stick one pound in it, because that's what we're asking. Donations of one pound per person that takes part in any event. Radio Note will be here, there and everywhere, spreading the word about the Children's Bereavement Centre, so we could well be coming to you and talking to you live on the radio, because we're going to get as many of you as possible on the airwaves. Now, let us know, simple, 01636 550 Visit the website at radionewark.co.uk or catch up with any of the presenters, Matt, Vicky, myself, Tony, anybody you know and say, I want to be involved in that. Can you get me the starter pack? And we'll make sure they get that starter pack to you. And somebody who's an absolute regular on the radio is David Pipes. And uh, David has turned a losing draw season into a winning draw season. So I think Collingham was smiling as well, David, on Saturday. Yeah, the sun shone and we smiled, thankfully. <laughs> the I think um, in Division A, uh, LSE shut up shop, didn't they, for the last hour? Yeah, which is fair enough. Um, it's big ass three hundred on any kind of pitch, especially um, especially when they've lost three or four wickets of their, their better players. So um, we can't grumble at that because we've done it ourselves, and that's a game, and you, you fight for every point you can get. So they made sure that they weren't going to they weren't going to to make sure we, we, we're creative and we try to bowl teams out, which um, unfortunately we weren't able to this week but um, that was a good day it's a good day good day to, to bat to them, that's for sure the it was no coincidence in my world that on the hottest day of the year Bolton's professional produced his best performance and Collingham's professional showed us what he can do yeah um, it's been coming in all honesty the last three weeks he, he struggled a bit um, he felt he's had a a bad decision last week and this week Oliver moved it around a little bit the batting order which was a surprise to me which worked out well 
Um, he uh, he put Mohammed down at four, then with Will Cousins and Jack Copley, who made a, a decent start. Um, then Ollie came in at three, and then Mohammed four. And I couldn't tell you what the stand was, but we went from well, Mohammed went all the way up to 164 knocked out after about 114 balls, and Oliver got 44, and the rest just chipped in. Um, out of the total of 301. So, yeah, you're right, it's no coincidence that the heat played a part. It still wasn't hot enough for him, though, because he, he wore, most of, wore, wore a jumper most of the day, um, <laughs> even though everyone was sweltering. Everyone else was sweltering. The rest the of us was on our knees. Yeah. Uh, including at uh, Delfield, one of the umpires. And I have to ask, is he all right, David? Yeah, it's fine. I, um... Spoke to somebody I know at Plumtree, which was his club yesterday, and, and it, it was fine. So um, it wasn't the only one in, in the, the umpiring association that, that suffered on on Saturday. Um, There's one or two that I'd heard that had um, succumbed to the, to the temperature. The thing about it was, it was it, last week. It wasn't exactly a build up to it. It was 15 degrees, 18 degrees, and then 32 degrees. So. It was all hit everybody all a little bit all of a sudden, I think. Yes, it had to, out, out of nowhere. David, I've got to. I, I, I'm taking this as I saw it, okay. On 86, Mohammed survived a very close run out decision. Yeah. It looked to me and one or two others like it started to walk. And the umpire decided that he couldn't be sure. So he was not out. Mohammed turned around and clattered the next ball over the, over the pavilion for a six. The only reason I bring it up is I have a photo at home, um, which I have sort of moved around a little bit, shows Mohammed holding his bat up when he got his turn and the wicketkeeper standing next to him with his arms folded. <laughs> <laughs> That's not unusual for us, the wicketkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was just thinking, at least we didn't have a... Sh- Short, sharp shower, which just fell over the cricket square. But uh, that's, that's, I can say it, you probably can't. No, well, I can. I'm I'm too long long in the tooth now to (laughs) sit on the fence. Um, But, no, we actually surprised them, I think. Um, We we produced two pitches, my dad did and Mick, and um, there was one that was a little bit damper than the other one, and lo and behold, the captain showed the one that was absolutely dry and... uh, and thirsty for runs, so they picked that one instead. Um, this Saturday, which worked out, out well, so two can play that game, can't they? And um, but uh, Waco, the lads, you know, wicketkeeper. All I'll say is what goes around comes around because there's been a number of occasions when he's done something similar, um, and without being too controversial, there's at least two occasions I remember with myself that he managed to talk to umpires to give me out. So. So, what goes around comes around, is all I'll say. It tends to in sport, David, <laughs> doesn't it? It, 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 it really does. does. Yeah. But uh, And at the end of the day, it, it was the umpire's decision, wasn't it? And if he says it's not out, it is not out. Yeah, it's not out. So, um, you can't really... It looked like Mohammed was walking, but a run-out is not like a caught behind or anything like It's a judgment call. It's like an LBW. It's a judgment call from the umpire rather than... That you actually know where you are or how how you're out. It's not unless you're totally nowhere near the frame. Um, and there's no, no way sure. Mohammed could have known if he was in or out. 
I don't, I don't think so, no, because no. it was more interesting. In, in, well, he saw a spectacular dive he made. Yes. It, was like, it was like a Mexican swan diver. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't... He's very athletic, but... What was his comments to your captain, by the way? Say again, sorry? What was his comments to your captain? What was his comments? Well, I'm assuming he's blaming Oliver Dyson for nearly getting him run out. I don't know. I think they all forgot about it towards the team, to be fair. He was more happy that he got 164 not out. Probably just as well he did. Yeah, yeah, but, um, but it, it, it's only a problem if you're out, so... Yes. Um, I didn't make anything more of that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it, 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 it was nice to see the the Alice wicketkeeper rocking grumpy because I did remember straight away with the story about the shower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Goes around, comes around, exactly, David. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, and we'll oh very quickly, very very quickly. We talked at the weekend, and we we're talking about this England's greatest cricket team, and I can't oh, yeah. remember the top of the order. And um, so far, Mister Edgington's talked us into this. Opening the batting is Cook and Gooch. Yeah. Number three is Gower. Yeah. Four is Peterson. Yeah. Five is Graham Thorpe. Graham Thorpe. Six is Botham. Seven yeah. and wicketkeeper is Alex Stewart, and that's as far as we've got. Any great yeah. arguments on any of those? You could probably put Mike Gatting against Graham Thorpe, possibly. Um... That's the only one that comes to mind. Okay, so you, no, think, you think Mr. Eddington hasn't done too bad a job? No, no, it's not, not a bad job like Gareth won. So, um, he, uh, yeah. I mean, even though, I, as much as I dislike Peterson, he, um, stats and performances don't mind, do they? No. You can... I know he's a great lover of them. <laughs> he, is, he is chairman of the Kevin Peterson fan club, I'm sure he is. <laughs> he's also chairman of the David Pites fan club and he's... He's coming to Collingham in two weeks' time, specifically to see you perform. Oh, good. I'll, um, no pressure. No pressure. No pressure there whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> David, thank you so much. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. The wonderful Mr David Pipes. Um, I'm surprised in that best-ever England side that uh, there's no place for uh, Jonathan Trott, because he gets a few mentions on this show. Yes, <laughs> in whatever disguise, <laughs> whatever county he's playing for. Right, five minutes. Nottingham <clears throat> football. Mm. County haven't paid the staff for yeah. June. And apparently Alan Hardy <clears throat> says there is no money to pay him. Full stop. End of conversation. Nobody has bought the club and it doesn't look like anybody is going to buy the club. And the other side of the river, the man's in charge for five months... Some of the players don't like him, some of the players love him, but some of the players don't like him. He's gone out and you've got somebody who nobody's ever heard of to replace him. What the heck is happening to Nottingham football? All yours. A very interesting um, happenings on Saturday was that Oxton fielded um, a bowling all-rounder, because he's a good batsman as well, by the name of Phil Stant. And older Notts County fans will remember when Phil Stant played up front for Notts County and I had a very long chat with Phil. We've uh, known each other for donkey's years. Lovely, lovely fella. He incidentally left Notts County and went to sign for Mansfield Town and scored 30 goals in the season that they got promoted as well. 
So uh, a much loved figure in in Nottinghamshire sport, and me and him sat together before the game in the sunshine and lamented what has happened at uh, you know Notts County. And it was always going to be not a case of if they get relegated and go non-league, but how long were they going to survive with the problems of the financial situation lingering over them. And that's something that the club cannot really be responsible for because administration is seconds away in football. It's it's just something that happens. And all those people who didn't get paid, it's tremendously sad. What happened at Nottingham Forest is purely of their own making because it's been happening for years. The life expectancy of a Nottingham Forest manager is not good these days. And clubs can start to get a reputation for it and Nottingham Forest are now firmly in that camp. And how they can make an appointment 18 minutes later is an insult to one of their former servants of great repute. If Forrest are going to keep banging on forever about winning the European Cup, at least show some respect to the men who got you there. Well said. Well said. I think the supporters can bang on forever, but the football club is a disgrace, hmm. the way the way it acts. It can, joined by Newcastle, there was also a disgrace, and I thought Rafa's um, message and tweet this morning was absolutely spot on. Hmm. He had a plan. The people that run the football <laughs> club didn't. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, is there a danger of Notts County folding? Yeah, of course. You go into administration and uh, it takes more than... Um, <clears throat> uh, I think they're up at court on July the 10th. It's £800,000 or something for the yeah, tax Yeah, I mean, um, it's, as I say, football, money speaks... You know, if the, the the reason Newark flows over where they are, and it's not Newark Town, is because the money man went to Newark Flowserve. Money speaks in football, and um, it also counts the other way. When your debts build up, administration is the sword of Damocles hanging over your head, and unfortunately, Notts County are there now. And you ask anybody at any football club that's gone to the wall before, you know, it's. Uh, if you haven't got the money, cheerio. And they haven't, so unless somebody, they find somebody, but who the heck? When it, when it happens to any club, then it is tremendously sad and it's an arrow through the heart of any sports lover. But when it happens to Notts County, who've been part of my life for, you know, 30 years now, living in Nottinghamshire, you know, it's, it's tremendously, tremendously sad. And there's some lovely, lovely people been associated with that football club. And if they if they go to the wall, it's 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 going to be heartbreaking. But it's a tremendous possibility. So we've already found out that it's all smiles at Bolton Plainfield, and it's all smiles at Dalefield, and most definitely everybody at March Lane's in a good mood because Farndon first and seconds had a cracking Saturday afternoon in the sun. And to tell us all about it. Mr. Mark Everington. Mark, I would have suggested that um, the burgers was cooking well and the lager was flowing on Saturday night. Yeah, no, it was a good good day Saturday, especially um, in the week. We'd um, struggled to um, we struggled to get the two sides together, to be honest, with um, uh, 
the players on availability the seconds ended up with nine so to get two wins out of two was great Saturday to be honest uh, sure, Shall we start with the seconds because there's been there was a saga being played out all week on um, social media yeah. Farnden had only got nine but that nine was going to play the game Come what made, yeah. there was no danger of it not being played. No, they no. was going to know, and their attitude was, well, OK, we'll bat first and score 300. Yeah. We'll be all yeah. right. Well, it didn't quite happen like that, did it? But talk us through the game. Well, basically, I think we had... Um, uh, Richard Pinder captained it this week, Richard Bowers away again, and the pot is trying to get somebody who's DBS checked to captain the side half the time nowadays. <laughs> and uh, so we had that, and then, but then we drafted... Uh, or Luke McGuinness and Sean McGuinness made themselves available, both had to go at six. So it was a case of, let's bowl first, see what happens, chuck them into bat and go from there. And that seemed to work, to be honest. And uh, everyone performed well. And considering the temperatures on Saturday, fielding with nine men can't have been easy. But no, it was a really good result. We're really happy for the, for the second team. And uh, certainly the young lads, to get a win again, is, uh, is good for them. And it was, it's Sean, but why did the McGuinnesses have to go at six, Jaffa? Got him. Why, why did the McGuinnesses have to go at six? I thought pubs were open all day these days. <laughs> no, they were, they were a wedding, unfortunately, oh, I think. That was the case. <laughs> <laughs> but it was Sean that, that really grabbed the headlines, five for 15. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think he, and well, well, to be fair, Luke as well, um, got a few runs, kept wicket, took his gloves off, and then bowled ten overs in that heat on <laughs> Saturday. So, so fair play to him, definitely. And uh, Luke McClymont got um, 40 runs. Thing, which is uh, really good effort. So, no, it was a really good good day for the second team. It was, it was excellent. Gary Edgington told us last week that um, his pick of the games for um, the Newark teams was yeah. Farndon's visit to Plumtree. He thought Plumtree's got a gorgeous little ground and it would be it would be the perfect afternoon if the sun shone. And it did, and you came good. Yeah, we, we needed a win, to be honest. We went with probably a, a slightly understrength side. We had a few missing... Uh, Dave Adwick, obviously captain, wasn't there. Jason Lamb wasn't there. Uh, James O'Leary, one available. Ash Gill, Ducko had to pull out at the last minute. Um, so yeah, we were we were up against it. To be honest, we thought, well, look at the league table. We need to win here just to make sure we're not dragged into anything. And um, we looked at it. It was cases looking at the pitch and thinking, God, it's not Dave. We've got it with first and went out. Martin and Robbo batted superbly because to be. Although they only started with eight for about the first seven or eight overs, um, but they got up to ten by the end of it. But the they bowled well, to be honest. There wasn't there wasn't much bad bowling, and they uh, got us off to a really really good start. I think they put on over well over hundred for the first wicket, um, and then there's a few cameos later on. But those two certainly gave us a platform batting wise to to go on and post post a score. To be honest, and um, Ian Robinson, yeah, I. Out for ninety-eight. Um, yeah, he, he has. He seems to have a knack of getting into the nineties, but not getting to the three figures. Is yeah, it something that you like, lots picked up on, or is that just me? Oh yeah, definitely. We've mentioned this all the time. He's too tired. He won't buy a jug. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, don't 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 worry. He gets mentioned every time. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 don't, we don't miss the opportunity to say it. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad it's not just me then. <laughs> no, no, we've said that. I think he hasn't had a hundred since he's come back uh, to the club, and but that the, the late nineties has happened at least three occasions now, if not more. So yeah, we have we have mentioned it, <laughs> and we will keep mentioning it as well. It won't be won't be forgotten. Tell him as a Yorkshireman, full respect. <laughs> um, good lads. Um, 
what I, what I'm desperate to know is last week it was all about a young lady, Rhiannon Nolan yeah. Davis. Um, you didn't know or you couldn't tell us last Monday night if she was going to be in the first team. When the when the teams came out on Wednesday, she was in the first team. Jaffa, uh, I can't see starring roles and lots of wickets, but how did one of our favourites get on? Well, basically, it was a case of I saw one Friday night at the club. If I'm going to leave this up to you, have a think about it overnight. Um, do you want to open the bowling tomorrow? And then just there and then she said yes. So I thought, well, that's good enough for me. You can do it. Um, she was superb. To, I can't I can't praise highly enough. Not worried about anything. I bowled at the other end and in the 30-degree heat was struggling a little bit. She just came on, bowled, absolute line and length. Fortunately, I'd had a little bit of a team talk before the start of the game. I said, look, it's going to be hot out there. Let's not get agitated with each other. Let's just keep uh, keep everyone going. Let's not get on each other's backs. We are going to get hot. And then uh, a dolly came to me in about a second over and I dropped it. So fortunately, as I'd said that, nobody came on my back, which was quite <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> I said, oh, afterwards on the way back, I said, how mad were you with me? And she goes, on a scale of one to ten. She goes, no, I'm fine now. And I said, what about at the time? She goes, yeah, about a ten. <laughs> and, uh, but then, but then <laughs> she put one down off her own bowling as well uh, so that made me feel a lot better it wasn't just my <laughs> fault that she didn't get a wicket but honestly she she bowled a six over to start with absolutely spot on line and length gave nothing away uh, brought us back on for four overs when they were starting to go for a, li- a little bit absolutely n- no gimmies no nothing ten overs I think it was 28 absolutely superb couldn't couldn't falter at all um, she was brilliant yeah really really bold one. and she also can sounds like she can give the fondant banter as well as take it yeah unfortunately she gave me a bit which was to be honest was quite nice she's obviously you see her as a, and the stats of a 14 year old girl but she isn't she's one of our team that's so she's she's fully part of it as much as anybody else is so she's one of us she's part of the team um she can give it and take it, yeah, and the banter and everything is great, it really is good, and uh, she she came away pleased, and we said to her, where do you want to play next week, without any other hesitation, she said, and so she's coming with us, but she's given us a bit of a problem, because I said to her, I said, me and Jade Lamb have opened the bowling for a few years now, and I said, now uh, next week one of us is going to be a bit upset, <laughs> but then I remembered Dave Adwick's away, and I'm captain next week, so... And as you know, Mick, I don't mind upsetting other people, so it's going to be the unfortunate one. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant, Jeff. Well done, mate. And well done to all at Farndon. A, a, a brilliant day all around. Yeah, it was. It was, definitely. Talk to you again next week. OK. Thank Cheers, you. Thanks. Cheers, Cheers Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> you know, when we do the winter round-up and we save Paul Halfpenny till last and we're <laughs> chuckling and laughing away it's happening again isn't it with yeah, jaffa yeah, yeah. it is it's <laughs> it's just some of the comments <laughs> I, I love it but i mean that is what um you know sport is actually like behind the scenes yes and and, and, and the great thing about being an umpire is that if you've got your wits about you you're not likely to get hurt through lack of ability cricket i always got hurt whether i was fielding or bowling or batting, but <clears throat> with being an umpire, you're out there with all the banter at the coal face, and you, you still get all the crack of, of, of a great afternoon out without the danger aspect of it. Josh Sugden scored 108 as Collingham frees one for the first time at Delfield in two years. <laughs> 
Um, Flintham win and stay top in the promotion and, and stay in the promotion spots at the top of Division E. So could be Flintham in Division D next mm-hmm. year. Another lo- local derby. Newark R and M twos lost at Oxton despite a, a fifty nine from Matt Evans. Yeah. Fondon twos, we've just heard all about Fondon twos, and that was a fantastic performance. And Cornton are another of our local teams to record a victory. Martin Wilson continuing his excellent form um, with another 60 with the bat. So I've come to the conclusion that Newark based cricket clubs play better in the sun. Yeah, I think uh, Matt Evans actually got 60. Uh, he certainly got 59 the following day at Hoveringham, so he had a good weekend. Well, he said 59 on. Mm. I'm arguing Mr Edgington he, he also took a blinding catch at Oxton which is as good as anything we've seen in the current World Cup good uh, it, it, it's a, a good day I mean, it's, mm. it's took a long time coming this year hasn't it that you know we've had a good hot day and everybody's sort of really got involved yeah it, it was it was a belting day and um I stood there in the uh, the cold and the wind this morning and asked people who were crossing at my lollipop duties, did you enjoy the summer? Because uh, it certainly felt like a summer's day on Saturday. It was a great, great cricketing day. OK, tomorrow night um, we are concentrating on football and we're looking back to RHP Colts' wonderful championship-winning season um, with... Probably quite a few of them in the studio with manager Mr Gary Atwood. Uh, if you recall, Tony, they had to win their last six games to win the league. No messing, no draws, no defeats. Had to win their last six games, including that trip to Grimsby on a Wednesday night. And we were both there on the final day. Yes, we were. So we're going to talk about that. Hmm. Wednesday night, it's a strictly Mick and Tony plus, Gary. We're moving that from Wednesday from Thursday to Wednesday, so Testone, the headlines, although not many headlines, because we haven't got a lot of time, um, Testone, the headlines, and Gary Edgington looking back and forward, because on Thursday night, it's the next one of our Meet the Chairman, All right. and we're talking to Don Evans and Gareth Bagley from Newark Athletic Club, who yeah. obviously celebrated their first home meet on home soil this century on on saturday so is everything in the garden rosy for new kc well or maybe is it not quite as rosy with the news that luke sayer one of their big stars has joined mansfield oh so we need to find out and that's what we're going to do on thursday night Yes, I mean, it, it, it would appear from afar that all is rosy because, I mean, for Newark AC to be able to hold a home meeting for the first time in, what, 30 years? Hmm? Is is just absolute dreamland. So, it would appear. It would appear. Now, appearances, as we know, can be deceptive. Me and you look like athletes. We're-